G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens, episode two, we're back, the calm before the storm, team list drop next Tuesday, going to be a huge episode there, can't wait to bring it to you, of course brought to you by Bloke in a Bar, the beer of sport and the beer of Supercoach, go out and grab a carton and next week, Bloke in a Bar has got a merchandise drop that you are not going to want to miss, we're going to talk about a lot of guys that you might pick for round one, I'll tell you what, if this merchandise drop was a Supercoach player... Timmy, I'd be picking him in a heartbeat. How are you? Guru, mate. Good to be back. Uh, first up last week, fresh from a spell, thought we were pretty good, and then uh, hung in anyway. Second up, much better though. Mate, the response has been really good. I've, uh, I've enjoyed it. We'll see how we go. I have one guy who said to me, this show by week five or six will be called uh, Beers and Breakdowns, knowing Supercoach, which resonates with me something special, i got to tell you. Because normally yeah. I get to that first month or so and I'm just all in all sorts. Breakdowns all, all around, mate. And, mate, this tinny just quietly going down all right. So best part of this show for me. It's a spot. <laughs> mate, Supercoach, we had the trials on the weekend. A lot to take from it. Uh, a couple of guys that stood out, a couple of guys that people are knowing over whether they get into their team or not, myself included. Mate, let's talk Kurt Mann uh, from the Newcastle Knights. Uh, if, if you don't know, I'm... Don't mind myself a ball playing 13. And Kurt Mann, <laughs> mate, the role that he's playing at the moment looks unreal. Where do you sit on Kurt Mann? There are a lot of people who are red hot on Kurt Mann, and I can see why. 383 grand to start the season, dual position, looks to be given a, a pretty good role at the Knights this season. He's basically slotted into the Connor Watson role from last year, hasn't he? Playing that, that sort of ball playing lock. Uh, I mean, you'd argue they're the two most versatile players in the competition. So... The issue for me is what happened to that club? What does Adam O'Brien do with Connor Watson? Because uh, Connor Watson, should I say, Kurt Mann? Because I have issues. I've had issues around them all of last season. Mitch Barnett, Connor Watson, these guys, uh, Kurt Mann. Now, Kurt Mann, if he's playing fifty minute, that fifty minute role that Watson played last year, it's not going to be enough. Basically, uh, especially playing in the middle, he'll get through a bit of work, but there'll be less attacking stats. We need him playing sixty five minutes to make him super coach relevant. Is he going to get that, mate? Because at the moment, I said, is Mitch Barnett coming off the bench? And I think he's arguably, well, it's a very good forward pack. One of the best pigs in that pack. So there's not a lot of minutes to go around. I'm scarred because I remember looking at Connor Watson last year and going, mm. he's going to be a superstar. He has to be in the 13. There's no other way to run this team. Watson was used all over the place. He was benched some weeks. He'd play 40 minutes. Like He was just all over the place. I worry that Kurt Mann could be in a similar boat. The Barnett factor is huge for me. Uh, I assumed he would be starting on an edge. They've gone for Fitzy once again, seemingly. <laughs> sure. Knows. Anyway, yeah, let's not, that's, that's another issue for another day. But it really does worry me. The positive side to it, I just I can't see a world where Andrew Johns isn't sitting in that coach's room and saying mm -hmm. to O'Brien, man has to be on the field because our halves probably aren't up to it. We need Kurt Mann on the field, but... It's a huge punt for me, the minutes he gets. I mean, mate, I just remember watching Newcastle every time last last year and 20 minutes before the game, you'd look at the team sheet and Watson in 13 was coming off the bench. And I just think if that happens to Kurt Mann, it's going to be a nightmare, isn't it? Exactly right, mate. And, and unless the Joey factor sort of comes into gear, I don't see why Adam O'Brien would change his ways with those late team changes. And, I mean, we're not the coaches of the Newcastle Knights. I'm with you, mate. I think that ball-playing lock... I mean, it's come into the game for a few years now through your Victor Radleys, um, through your Brandon Smiths, these sort of guys. The game is getting quicker. The need for more mobile forwards is, I think that's the way forward in rugby league. 
I'm all for Kurt Mann playing bigger minutes, but unless we get a sort of an assurance of 65 minutes from Kurt Mann, which I don't think we're going to get prior to round one, I'm very hesitant to invest until we see what sort of minutes he plays. And that's the other thing. Normally, well, I would assume you would have heard Joey come out and talk about more of these guys. He gave Chris Randall a rap two weeks ago. It's been radio silence outside of that, so that does sort of worry me a little bit. Let's move to the Manly Seagulls, and fuck, if you're a second rower, you're going down oh. like flies at the moment. Uh, I said to you during the week, I was so worried about, we were so worried about my first three draft picks getting injured. Fucking my fourth one goes down this weekend. Unbelievable. Olakowatu, Schuster, Gornskis, opens a spot for Ethan Bullimore. Now, I think it's a little bit overhyped personally. Where do you sit on Bullimore? The implications of what's gone sort of on in the back row between Olika Artu going down injured, um, we've obviously seen Josh Schuster go down injured. Them guys could miss anywhere from one, two, three weeks to five, six weeks. There's not a lot of clarification and there's sort of clarity on that at the moment. What it does do is open up these opportunities for Ethan Bullimore, for Carl Lawton. I'm not sure exactly which way they're going to go, but Bullimore's been getting good minutes in the trials, which doesn't mean heaps. Two massive super coach opportunities if they come on and play an 80-minute role. Bullimore in particular averaged uh, 30-odd last season. That was off the back of 25 minutes. So if he were to get even a 65-minute role at that price, we know that Desi has the likes, his backgrounds to play 80-minute roles, so there's every reason he, uh, every indication that that may happen. It'd be a massive, massive buy to start the season. But then, when does Shush come back? When do these Ola Ka'atu come back? Um, Again, question marks, but if Bullmore's named to start round one, which is the way it's looking, pretty hard to ignore. Yeah, I mean, in saying that, those two manly back rowers, two young guys, if they're both back in round three and round four, I wouldn't be overly shocked. Mm. Like, so it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays Not out. Not at all. And then, I mean, we, don't, we spoke about Tommy Turbo last week, but what impact does this have on Manly with that tough run to start the season? They've lost... Two of their best players in their side, though, those back rows, they punch them holes. Tommy plays off the back of it. They now are going to look at having Carl Lawton and Ethan Bullimore. No disrespect to them, but they're not their predecessors in that position. So uh, implications all around, mate. And also off the dome, Manly has a pretty tough start, don't they? I think they've got Penrith and Brutal the Roosters. Start. Yeah, it's a tough gig. So I don't know. Mate, let's move to the West Tigers. And a couple of back rowers really impressing there. Luciano Lelua was great. But Tuolagi, he seems to be the one that's stolen the show as far as super coach players go. So cheap. Is he going to be an 80-minute guy there? Are we worried about Luke Garner? Where do we sit? Another tough one and a door that's opened up as a result of, unfortunately, the Sean Bloor ACL injury in the preseason. That's opened up that back row vacancy. Tuolagi at the moment looks like the player to fill that gap based on trials, but Garner, I don't believe he featured in either of the trial games. So, And there's a lot of these players who coaches a semi sort of wrapping in cotton wool. So we're saying, all right, how underdone are they? Are they just playing it safe? Garner, he's had a few sort of injury niggles in the past. Uh, at the moment, it looks like that spot is too long. He's for how long, I don't know. But again, if he's named in round one on the edge, especially if there's no Luke Garner in that side, mate, the minutes look pretty good. And at 254K, another one that very hard to pass up. I look at it and I think I would rather see Garner named and probably be on the bench than not see him in the team at all because yep. it, it worries me that he could just come in and get that spot straight away. Garner, I mean, it seems to me like Madge has always liked him. I mean, he just seems to pop up and score a try every few weeks and really make himself relevant. So 
Yeah. I've I'm, got a bit of Garner love too, mate. I'll be honest. He, yeah. He's one of them back rollers. He runs a really good line. He's a pretty I honest. He's run a good line. Run, yeah. yeah, really good line. Pretty honest player. Offers a bit in attack. He's not a world beater, but you know, he's not out there on six, 700k a year. And mm. as a coach, I'd be very happy to have him in my squad. Yep, fair shout. Going to be an interesting one, that Tigers back row, because... Good God, Leilua did look good, didn't he? He looked... I mean, if there was one guy I thought could have just thrown in the towel this year and gone, fuck it, <laughs> give me my paycheck, it was Leilua. But, mate, he seems to be playing some of the best footy we've seen at the moment. He is. And the Luch, he's always been a really relevant supercoach player, but second rows in the last two to three seasons have just been absolute, absolutely stacked with class options. Your Madisons, your Crichtons, your Murrays, your Taumalolos. And Luciano's been that sort of four or five average points below them, but he's got a ceiling on him. He can go big, we know that. He's pretty consistent. Uh, if the Tigers show a bit early in the season, massive pod. Mate, if you said to me, Leilua, I, I think what he scored about 100 points the other night in the rain. For me, mm. normally on a rated day, Leilua... Just goes, no thanks, I'm good. So, very impressed. The Dragons, their star fullback, Tyrell Sloan, looks very impressive. I'll say from the top, I am really worried about his scores when I look back to last year. Uh, played five games, scored a try in all of them. His scores were 35, 55, 43, 91, 95. He scored 91 against the Cowboys, 95 against the South Sydney side, resting all their players. The three games before that, he scored tries in all of them. He went 35-55-43. My supercoach instincts say red flag. What do you think? I really like Tyrell Sloan, but he doesn't come without risk. I just... Rugby league supporters, we throw to the old eye test all the time, don't we? And for me, he passes it. He's very young, uh, very much a rookie of the NRL. He has his deficiencies. got caught out of place in the charity shield a few times on the weekend, but he's also a player that good things happened around him. A lot of that comes off the back of his speed, but, you know, he's, he's an aggressive player. He, he follows the ball and he puts himself in these positions. So you look at things from, from the season prior where you say he scored his five, six tries in, in less games. Well, I don't think it's fluke. Um, and you say maybe his price is overinflated. Um, perhaps, I'm not sure it is. If he was only available at fullback, I would have no consideration. But seeing him at centre there... Put it this way, without being a bit, I mean, being a little bit harsh on the Dragons, but I'm not convinced by them this year as much as others are. If he's playing in one of the top six sort of clubs that I expect to finish up there, he'd be straight in my team. But are the Dragons going to give him the opportunities to, to be in these attacking opportunities and score well, Supercoach? I'm not as convinced. So for me, I'm going to wait till round three, see how he's gone, see how the Dragons are looking and if they're ticking boxes, straight in. For me, I look at his opening draw. Warriors, Panthers, Sharks, Parramatta, South, Newcastle, Roosters. Love the Warriors and the Newcastle mm. matchups, but the other guys are top defensive teams. For me, if he doesn't score a try, you're in a world of hurt. So yeah. at 450K, it seems like a lot for me. I'm a bit surprised the hype is collected. As you said, the eye test does pass, but fuck, I think back to your Kieran Four and Jakub Kronks, these sort of guys that pass the eye test. But it, I, I think this is going to be a guy that it's not going to translate to super coach. But Happy to be proven wrong because I know a lot of Mate, people it, are it very takes, keen. It takes a fair bit to talk me out of one of my own super coach opinions. You may have just done it there. You might have done it. How good. <laughs> You've got me a little worried. I'll be finishing second overall before you know <laughs> it. Now, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Tavita, Pangai, Jr. He's turned the corner. He's done this. He's done that. We get to trial number one. He's ripping jerseys. He's punching people. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I could never trust TPJ as far as I can throw him. Give you a hint, can't throw him overly fucking far. 
I can't do it. I cannot do it. I just, I can't see a world where I can, new, uh, Canterbury don't look as good as what I thought they would for one. TPJ, I mean, it took 15 seconds for him to have a brain explosion. I just, talk me out of it. Talk me into TPJ. Mate, I can easily talk you into TPJ if I want, but I don't want to good. because okay. I'm, I'm against him, mate. There, he's, he's the ultimate super coach package for scoring when it comes to a back rower. Uh, his minutes will be there this season. And, and there were moments on, on the weekend or the Monday night, actually, game, I think it was, offloading at will. Just about every time he had the ball, he looked dangerous, he looked threatening. But as you said, he was throwing them little jumper punches, got simbined, got put on report, all these little things. We know he's had a pretty bad sort of injury history. Not big injuries, just always niggling hamstrings, all sorts of things. He always finds a way to make himself super coach irrelevant. And nothing that I saw the other night convinced me otherwise that he's going to change his ways this year. He could be the kind of bloke who comes out and averages 100 over the first five rounds and we're all clamouring to get him. But he could also get suspended after six weeks. He's got the horrible judiciary record as well. Things like these you have to take into consideration early in the year. Mate, I look at his draw. Plays the Cowboys week one. I think that'll be a sunny day for TPJ. Week two, he plays the Broncos. That's a grudge match for him. Fucking what could happen there? Anything could happen there with him coming out to prove a point to the Brisbane Broncos. After that, he goes Manly, Melbourne, Penrith, South Sydney. I mean, I just, I cannot trust him in these. My favourite quote has always been about TPJ, a sunny day doesn't make a summer. There will be sunny days early. <laughs> and then I think he will, I, I mean, it's going to, mate, after that he plays the Roosters yeah. and he plays the Raiders The, the too. one thing I love about him, and it's not enough to convince me otherwise to get him, but... Just the dual front row, second row. I mean, I'm looking at the front row offense this year and they're, they're not ordinary. They just We spoke about last week chasing these ceilings and a lot, 99% of the front row is basically, you know, their ceiling is 80 or 90. They might crack a ton with a try and a line break or something like that. TPJ can go 140 on any given day. I know he hasn't done this stacks of times over his career, but he's capable of it when things go right. So I'm seeing about slotting him in at front row forward. It excites me, but for all the reasons mentioned, can't do it. And mate, I just think right now you can see by the trials, referees are looking for a reason to get you off the field and clean up the game. Let's call a spade a spade. Certain guys are targeted. We're talking Radley. We're talking Hetherington. We're talking Tavita Pangai Jr., Along with, along with us poor old Raiders, mate. No, oh, here we go. <laughs> poor old Raiders. Good poor old God. Ricky. Poor old Ricky. You know, I don't disagree with him, but I think it's just the way Ricky... The nation's capital, mate. <laughs> We're just forgotten about down there. No one cares. It's all about the Sydney clubs and the Brisbane clubs, all that sort of stuff, and the Raiders get left behind in all the wake of it. No, you're hard done by, no doubt. <laughs> uh, mate, fullbacks. Very, very interesting. A lot of options here. We sort of, well, you, you said last week, and I agree with you 100% to, that we couldn't really go near Tommy Turbo. Um, mate, with the more and more cheapy options that are opening up, I'm hearing a lot of people thinking they will go to Turbo. Pappy, we still don't know what is going on there. I'm praying for my draft side. He's there round one. I saw him hitting some golf balls the other day, <laughs> moving around a bit, so fingers crossed. Where do you sit on fullbacks right now? Who, who are you going for? The whole of the preseason, I've had Tedesco, Pappenhausen locked in. The more we hear and read into the fitness around Ryan Pappenhausen, it doesn't look good, does it, mate? He like the fact that Munts has been trialing at fullback is so concerning. But on top of that, now I mean things are going on down there. Poor old um, Johnsy down there. He's gone for what four to six weeks with the yep. AC joint. Uh, a few issues down there. Brandon Smith, obviously good to go, but getting off topic. I'm just reading that. Pappenhausen won't be there round one. Could be wrong, probably will be wrong. But 
there's no guarantee that he's there round two. There's no guarantee that he's there round three. To have him sitting there at, what is he, 700K uh, for the first one, maybe two, maybe three weeks and not playing, it's way too much money when there's so many other good options. The issue is that we know what Tommy Turbo costs. We've spoken plenty in depth about him, but all the gun options that I like, there are issues around. Caelan Ponga, the Knights still haven't worked out how to use him as efficiently as they can. Big issues there. As I think you mentioned on one of your other podcasts, that the Knights actually looked all right on the weekend, but Ponga not as good, uh, not through a lack of sort of effort. Really hard draw to start the year. Um, someone like Clint Gutherson is sort of emerging as, as a potential buy, with Para only being a trial, belted the Panthers on the weekend. Wouldn't read too much into it, but soft draw to start the year. Para looked good. Can Gutho start well, potentially? Latrell, I'd love, now that he's only missing one game, got the live breaking news last week's podcast. But then the Bunnies have a brutal draw from round two. Um, there's issues around all of them, mate, and I'm finding it really tough to, to work out which way to go alongside Teddy. Mate, I, while watching KP, Newcastle look heaps better than what I thought they would, and he looks heaps worse than what I thought he would. I just, super coach wise I think in his last two trials, he's averaged about six points, yep. which is unbelievable. I know he's not playing 80 minutes, but he's been playing 55-odd, and he's Caelan Ponger, and his team hasn't looked... Like a total disaster. Coaches, for whatever reason, who know far more about rugby league than I do, coaching Caelan Ponga, and not only Caelan Ponga, the NRL in general, are fixated on this idea of block runners. And I think we're seeing the best coaches, your Bellamy's and whatnot, play around this and getting uh, players like Pappy and Munster running flat and fast at the line. The Knights have just always played Ponga with these sweeping plays out the back of block runners, which works at times, but seriously, off the back of a quick play ball with him at first receiver or getting it off a half, flat and fast with a retreating defensive line, he's nearly impossible to stop, and it just blows my mind that they don't use him in this manner more efficiently, more often. Uh, it really has annoyed me for a number of years, um, but again, mate, they're, they're the experts, they're the coaches, so maybe I'm wrong. Mate, Latrell Mitchell. Now, he didn't play on the weekend, but... And I'm not sure what you saw, but what I saw from South Sydney looked pretty appealing for Latrell Mitchell. Obviously, Ilias, he started playing only on the right-hand side of the field. Then you had Cody Walker jumping in at first receiver. Now, if Cody Walker's at first receiver and he's playing out the back to Latrell, geez, all of a sudden he could collect a lot more points than what he did last year. My worry is with that, is Cam Murray going to come in and he is he going to play that first receiver role? And then they sort of retreat back to where they were. I'm not sure, but... Mate, if they do end up going with Cody Walker playing first receiver and throwing out the back to Latrell, all of a sudden the Walker-AJ combo could be the Latrell-AJ combo. What are your thoughts? I've watched that, the Cody Walker-Latrell combination flourish in sort of recent seasons in different ways and, and how it's impacted the dynamic of the Bunnies. And Bennett, towards the end of last year, got Cody Walker swinging both sides of the ruck, which is by so far when he's at his most effective. Teams, you know, are terrified if they do it. Why wouldn't you be? Cody Walker's one of the best footballers in the NRL. When Latrell's there, he, what would he, he missed the last four or five rounds of last season yep. thereabouts. When Latrell's there sort of before that, Cody would often be sort of stuck on, on his left edge a little bit too much because Latrell was more in this sweeping fullback role to do that. And I think that impacted Cody's scoring. So I'm intrigued to see how Cody's supercoach scoring goes when the trail comes back. I think it's great for the trail because Cody's ability to attract defenders, turn them inside out, go out the back to the trail who finishes, either scores or sets up. Fantastic for the trail. Uh, Cody, 
it could be an issue for. I, I'm intrigued to see how it all plays out. Well, mate, I had Cody Walker in draft last year, and as soon as Latrell went down, I sort of went, beautiful. Yeah. We're, we're looking good here. They are fantastic together for a football team. Super coach-wise, you selfishly want to probably have one or the other. They sort of, And, I mean, surely Demetrio is sort of sitting there going, let's not, let's not bust a good thing, like, Cody's at his best when he's playing both sides of the rack. You're not going to stifle him and just stick him into one edge. Uh, but again, if he's still sweeping both sides, it doesn't mean that Latrell isn't getting that last touch try assist and taking away from Cody. So either way, uh, it could be an issue for Cody Walker. Tell you what, Latrell might be featuring in Matty's team just quietly. What, what are your thoughts on him this year, mate? I reckon I can't wait for him because I reckon he'll be angry like, like uh, after what happened last year. But I just hope that anger is legal, is, is, is vented legally. <laughs> Because he, the, he's been for, at South for two years and he hasn't finished either season. First one, granted, was injured, but I just need Latrell to be on the field for the whole season this year. Mate, me and Matty were saying the other day, watching Cody Walker the other night, that was like Michael Jordan. I took that personally. He oh. was just, he was going around like a maniac. <laughs> he was in a good way. He was yeah. everywhere, though. And I, geez, if Latrell comes in with a little bit of that, which I, I think he will, a lot of people are writing them off, they're going to be a dangerous little combo. Now, we've spoken fullbacks, we're going to get into halves. But one guy that sort of floats between both of them, Nico Hines. Um, I know it's a trial. I will point that out just in case anyone thought I forgot it wasn't a trial for the thousandth time. <laughs> but good God, how good did Nico Hines look in his first game for Cronulla? Unreal, didn't he? Um, I'm not sure if I've seen someone come into a new team playing a new position with a new coach and look like they've been there for years straight away. Yeah, and I've been quick to be reminded, sort of give him a bit of a, a super coach bashing, not a rugby league bashing, because I rate the bloke stacks. But uh, on social media, saying, "Oh no, you know, it's not completely a new position. He played halves growing up, but he's still been out of position for a, a fair while now." So, and it takes time, as we spoke about last week, to, to gel with these combinations at new clubs. And he said, a, "A new position at a new club, um, mate. He looked the goods, didn't he?" Oh, mate, and I know people say he's played halves before, and that's fine, but he played halves growing up. Rugby league three years ago is completely different to what it is now. Rugby league three years ago in Queensland Cup is completely different to the NRL right now. I mean, it helps. It doesn't hinder. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a like for like. Big time. And and I'm, I'm a massive fan of Nico Hines as a footballer. He'll be in my team at some stage this season, no doubt. Let's be honest, the Bulldogs flattered him. They were pretty ordinary. I was a little bit disappointed but not surprised by what, <clears throat> by what the dogs threw up there. And, you know, people will be critical, but we speak about it over and over again. I reckon I've mentioned it about five times tonight already that it takes time for yep. combinations to gel. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in the space of a two, three-month preseason. It'll take NRL matches and a few of them before they start to click as much defensively as they do in attack. And we saw some horrible reads, blokes shooting up in off the line that sort of just open up these opportunities. The one where Nico hit the short ball for Nakora, that is going to be a beautiful combination. But it just opened up so easily. Any mm. man in their dog would have put him through that hole there. We saw later on in the game, but I can't remember who it was that shot up, but Nico went short, threw an intercept ball, ran away. It might have been Brent Naden or someone like that. Um, <clears throat> as good as they looked at times, they looked clunky at times against uh, what was a, not a great Bulldogs outfit. So I still have my reservations talking super coach. Um, Football-wise, very promising for Nico and the Sharkies. Yeah, I'm a little bit higher on Nico after watching. I was already pretty high on him, to be fair. Uh, but after watching that, I was really impressed. Considered, like, I thought Royce Hunt seems to be playing some of the best footy he's played. He Mate, looks dynamic. You are the, you're the biggest Royce Hunt fan I've ever met in my <laughs> entire life. 
<laughs> Which I'm, I'm for. I'm a Canberra I'm Raider. I'm that. not. I, I thought you'd be all I over him. I remember watching him years ago and thinking, fuck, this guy could be anything. And then he just, he just disappeared. Mate, I, I like Royster Choice. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how happy were you when he barreled over about four blokes to score that try? Tell you what, I was even more happy when TPJ tried to punch him and then three minutes later he scored yeah. a try. I just thought, how fucking good is that? Unreal. But, you I mean, eventually you have Cam McInnes come back in this side. You've got Sivitalikai to come back into this side. I think there's a lot more punch to go into the Sharkies. And I, I'm a fan of Nico Hines. I don't know if I'll start with him. There are a number of halves options. Let's get to those now. Cleary, uh, we're hearing in doubt. I'm not convinced he's not going to play just yet. I think we'll have a better idea over the next week or so. Made a heap of alternatives. We mentioned Cody Walker. There's another handy walker in the competition, Sammy Walker. What do you think about him on the weekend? As much as you love Royce the Choice, Sammy Walker for me, mate, I think he's just an exceptional talent. I think he, without putting too much pressure on the young kid, not that I'm sure he's probably listening to this podcast too frequently, uh, but he could mate, be. He doesn't he could know, be. does he? He doesn't. <laughs> the reach we've got is huge here, but, okay? Mate, Sammy Walker is just going to be something special for a very long time in the NRL, and everything I've seen from him in his debut season just screams um, yeah, future rugby league star. Last season, I think in his first... Oh, I've got the numbers here somewhere. In his first five games... In the NRL, he had two massive supercoach tons to his name, averaged onwards of 100 points, then had a few niggling injuries throughout the rest of the season in a rooster side that was decimated the entire year. What, 18 years old at the time, might be 19 now. He's only going to get better and better. Cooper Cronk's been training him, mentoring him over the off-season. Um, I love everything he does. I think he's massively undervalued to start this season. He'll be in my team, hopefully alongside Nathan Cleary, which is a bit of money to throw in the halfback position when we look elsewhere. But... Sammy Walker, for me, I mean, I was obviously concerned about him getting concussed on the weekend, but I just love the kid. Yeah, I think the other thing people need to consider with Sam Walker is that, you know, he did so well last year. The year before that, because of COVID, he didn't play rugby league. So, I mean, it's incredible what he did last year. As you said, Cooper Cronk working with him. Not many better guys you could ask for to help you out. Um, yeah, first five scores last yeah. year, 81, 89, 21 against the Storm in Melbourne. We'll let him off that one. 125, 163. First five NRL games. Um, a big one for him is obviously the goal kicking. Yep. And we've got to see how the rest of the side plays out in terms of that because there's sort of poor Momorowski who I think I saw something the other day that Momorowski hadn't been focusing on his kicking at all, which suggested maybe it was Walker. We've seen Takiyaho kick in the past. I mean, Adam Kieran's been thrown around, but Adam Kieran doesn't start for the Roosters, does he? I don't really oh, see. Mate, that I happens. don't think so, but I will say this: he, I, I think he's the best kicker at the club. But he I, absolutely is the best kicker because there's I, not much else. Well, yeah, there isn't much else there. I mean, Sam Walker, yes, the goal king is a positive, but he's going to miss half of them. Yes, so just keep that in mind that for every goal he kicks, you get your four points. You're going to probably lose it on the next one. So it's probably not as it's not as big of a plus if Nathan Cleary is kicking, for example. This is true. If you can yeah. ever work out how to use his boot uh, off the tee, that is, mate. The Roosters will, will be putting fifty on a lot of clubs this season, I think. And if Sammy's hitting eight goals, there was at thirty-two points, twenty-eight few negs there, twenty-eight point points on top of his already average, which is going to be sixty odd for me minimum. We're looking at a very good super coach prospect. You, just on Adam Kieran, it was interesting the Roosters last week. I mean, Joey Manu played 5'8. Same if I'm wrong. Momorowski played on the right, didn't he? And Adam Kieran was on the left. Or they, they swapped and changed throughout the game. I thought it was strange how relevant Adam Kieran was in that game, yeah. to be honest with you. Well, to credit to, I suppose, the Roosters recruitment drive, say what you want about it, but you look at their back line this year when they've got Suali competing for spot. Billy Smith, massive fan of Billy Smith. 
Um, Kevin Aguam has come back from the UK. All unbelievable footballers. Two of the three of them are going to miss out on round one. Um, and then Kieran's not even including that argument. So they've just... Options coming out the wazoo. What about DCE, mate? Obviously, Manly, tough start to the season. Where do you sit on him as far as a halfback option? I assume only if Cleary's out. Yeah, look, you're paying sort of 700k for him. He's pretty top dollar. I just can't with the draw there. Penrith, Roosters to start the season. You know, he was good. La- he was very good last year, to be fair, but it was his highest scoring season in ever by a long way. Can he sustain that? Possibly. Do I want to take a chance on that? No, I don't. Um, Tommy Turbo is going to be eating up points across the park. And if they had an easy draw in those first few rounds, I'd consider him. But not for me with that when, as I said, I've got my heart set on Sammy Walker. So not an issue. Hard pass. Yeah. (laughs) Mate, let's talk Money Munster. Um, Looked like he was back to his very best uh, fuckboy days on the weekend. He was (laughs) looking trim. The haircut, it was all happening. I'll say this, that try that he set up for Tyron Wishart, I have not seen Munster push onto a ball like that probably ever, to be honest with you. Even back in his fullback days, I thought he looked more electrifying the other day and I haven't seen him come onto a ball like that in a long time and got some movement, I'll tell you that much. I am very excited about Munster. What are your thoughts? Love him, yeah. And and I think he's only about 5 or 6% ownership at the moment, obviously because he's not playing round one. Um, but it's a... It's one game. It's not the end of the world. It's not going to take long. In the blink of an eyelid, it'll be round two and people will be going, geez, I got there round one okay. Geez, I, could I have waited and gone with Munster? Um, mate, he's, he's class. He averaged 74 points last year pretty effortlessly, I think. I think we touched on it last week, but I think it's no sort of secret that he was carrying a few niggles last year. You mentioned there he just looked fit. He looked good. He looked hungry. And that's in a trial game. You imagine what he's going to do when it comes to the crunch time in an actual NRL game. I'm on the fence as to whether I want to start with him. I'm weighing up a few options. Um, I don't know which way to go. If he was playing round one, I'd definitely start with him. So, which realistically probably should answer my question that it's one week. Get him in, have him for round two and the rest of the year. So, mm, tough. Are you running with Harry Grant? I am running Harry Grant, okay. which makes the decision tougher. Yeah, it makes it a bit harder, yep. for sure. Now, mistake me if I'm wrong, did you put your team up on Supercoach Playbook the other day? I did. Give me, I don't want to know the whole team, people go and check it out on the Supercoach Playbook, the best Supercoach resource <laughs> in the game. What's the pick that you got the most pushback for? What, where, where did you have to do, defend yourself in the DMs? Mate, the... The SC playbook faithful, faithful. They're a loyal bunch. They, there wasn't, there wasn't too much pushback. So, Bloody mate, pretenders, I, good God, <laughs> mate. We're all too nice to each other out there. Um, there honestly wasn't too much, and, and it's which is a good thing, I suppose. I, I'll throw one, probably left fair one at you that I did throw in there, and he's not. I don't know his exact ownership at the moment, but Liam Martin uh, grew on me late. I think since we spoke last, and pretty simple. He's playing in the defending premiers. He slots into that what should be an 80-minute roll on the right edge, running off Nathan Cleary. Uh, obviously, Kurt Capel gone from last year. Uh, I believe he'll be an 80-minute player. If he's not, it's not the end of the world. But starting the year at 428k, an extra 20 minutes under his belt, he'll score tries. He's a very good footballer. I like him. I don't like him. Why? Oh, I thought he was going to be one of the more overdrafted guys in Supercoach this year. Got a thing against country boys or what is it? That man? must be it. I don't know, but... Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he came available in our draft last year. I remember grabbing him when he was playing decent minutes, and I just felt like it was constantly underwhelming. I mean, you look at his run home, 
last year. Didn't go above 60 once. Didn't go below, uh, below like 45. Mm. So I understand where you're coming from. Uh, but I'm not overly convinced he's going to be the guy that a lot of people tell me. Rattle me a little bit that you've said that, though. I know that you definitely know Yeah, shit, well, so. average 49 points last year, as I said, in 58 minutes. He's yep. all going to plan. He's playing an extra 22 minutes a game. That's a lot. I think he's a really good try scorer. Only scored three tries last season. 38 in base points in a 58-minute stint. Not elite among back rowers, but solid enough. Basically, I'm banking on the fact that in this extra 20 minutes a game he gets in this team, the combination with Cleary is only going to get better and better, runs a terrific line. I think he's going to score more tries and get more attacking stats to go with those base. And I think he can push that average from last season of 49 up to sort of mid-60s, and then he'll be an upgrade to your Angus Crichton, your Cam Murray's, your Ryan Madison's, whoever. Yeah, I mean, I look at his at his numbers when he plays 80 minutes, though, and like surprisingly, they're not that impressive. Mm. I mean, yep. 75 minutes against the Canterbury Bulldogs, he scored 45 points. 80 minutes against the Roosters, he scored 43. 76 minutes against the Roosters, 53 again. 80 minutes against South, 52. I mean, he's only adding two or three points to that average. Uh, but we'll see how that one plays out. That, that'll be a good little board bet for us. I look forward to that one. Can't, uh, can't knock the numbers, so they're, they're there. And I'll be interested right. to see if he is there round one for you. Yes. Once team lists come out. So which I won't I. hold against you. I'm an absolute fiend for saying I'm going to pick this guy and then... If See he ya. is, we'll, uh, we'll reassess in round five. Love it. <laughs> mate, Supercoach Playbook, where can people find you out there? Yeah, mate, scplaybook.com.au. So daily content out there, podcasts as well, all that good business, NRL, AFL, but we're obviously here for the, the NRL chat. But, uh, yeah, got a really good group of contributors on board who know their stuff, a few past champions, runners-up, uh, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, if you're interested and wanted to get into the, the Supercoach sort of content out there, come and check us out. Uh, this time next week, we'll be going through team lists. It is going to be carnage. The calm before the storm this week. Make sure you get out, buy yourself a case of bloke in a bar beer. And a special shout out to Matty. He has had a huge day. He's gone the big lift for us. So thank you, Matty, for being here once again. We'd be in serious Barney Rubble without Matty. Uh, merch drop for bloke in a bar next Monday. So stay tuned for that one. Thanks for tuning in again, guys. See you next week.